feeling stuck in your career or like you're not realizing your potential? Coaching Chats is the podcast for you. Through informative interviews and practical advice, we will help you assess your skills and interests while providing actionable steps to overcome challenges. Become the best version of yourself with Coaching Chats. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Coaching Chats. I'm your host, Rukshana Aliva. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, Gabby Sheslock. Gabby is a multidisciplinary coach, mentor, and public speaker. Her company is called Growing Tall Coaching. Gabby's passion is to help people to achieve and maintain mental peace. Life is never plain sailing 100% safe or fair. If you're tired of being stuck or feel lost, Gabby will help you to develop the skills you find value in to become the person you inspire to be and to be able to embrace the concept of resilience. Break free, nurture inner strength and find, a, and find mental peace amidst adversity. Gabby also helps managers and leaders to become role models and to inspire others. I met Gabby in one of the ecology events last year, as well as the majority of my guests on my on this podcast so far. In today's episode, we are going to talk about one of my favorite topics in life coaching, which is life-work balance. Is it achievable or is it a myth? So, with, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Gabby, to this new episode of Coaching Chats. Thank you very much, Rukshana, for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. My pleasure. Gabby, I thought to start today's conversation with a definition. What is life-work balance? Yeah. If you look at the definitions out there, what they tell us is that life uh, work balance is the state where a person chooses to equally prioritize the demands of work and career and the demands of their personal life. An individual who lacks this balance has more work and home obligations, works longer hours and lacks personal time. This is a very general definition and they're all quite similar and for me this creates already the first problem with our work-life balance because it creates duality in other words on one side we have our work on the other side we have our life we would like to live and they're in conflict with each other in other words work is interfering with our life and straight away we have conflict. And that obviously is not very helpful if you try to achieve real balance or inner peace, if you already think of work as the enemy and work is taken away from my time. Thank you, Gabby. Yes, it's always a little bit tricky in this regard, finding this balance. Um, you know, I think personally, I came across the term of life balance when I started started studying life coaching before 
I was aware of the, of the concept work-life balance, work-life balance. Yes. Yeah. So, and I remember during my corporate 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 career, it, you know, it, it was such a hot topic. Everyone was talking about work-life balance, how to to find this balance in life. And I thought maybe for our listeners to talk about these two concepts, they're very similar, but they're not very, but they are different, isn't it? They're very different because if we just talk about life balance, that means that work becomes part of our life. And when I'm thinking back when I was at school, which is a very long time ago, but I remember, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a career coach came to school and what she actually told us was, now think about something you want to do for work, which you can imagine you can do the next 40 years. And then when some kids said, well, I love doing this or I love doing that, she said, oh, no, I didn't mean hobbies. Because if you have to work, you probably will go and hate your hobby after a while. So what she told us already, you know, when we were 16 is work is so horrible, then whatever you want doing, don't do your hobby work because you will hate work at some stage. So she already told us that work is evil. It, it brings the money home, but it's nothing to be enjoyed. That's the message I got from her at the time. And I wasn't the only one. So the concept really we have in our head is that work is something we have to do, but it's holding us back in our own life. And that's why it's a little bit of a myth when we talk about work-life balance, because it's important that we prioritize what we love to do and do as work what we also are passionate about, what, what gives us purpose in life. That's the important part. And if you think about it, the other myth created, when you look at the life balance models, they're usually chart pies with about eight um, slices in it. And every slice is exactly the same size. That's another myth. This is an image created for us that every single aspect in our life needs to be exactly equal. And that's actually impossible. Again, it creates expectations, which are, you know, we won't be able to to meet them. And that's, I think, where the myth comes from. And that's why I keep talking about this life balance myth, because we think, you know, everything has to be the same. And what it creates is really high expectations of us. So, you know, you have to be the perfect mom, you have to be the perfect worker, you have to work on your perfect career, your house has to be tidy and perfect. Of course, you have to look perfect and wear the perfect clothes and have the perfect hair and the perfect nails and go to the gym and be perfect with your friends and your family and you have to be a daughter and the same for men, right? You have to be fit, you have to be a good father, you have to bring loads of money home, you have to show the car. It's too much. Even just thinking about and spelling all that out almost creates straight away an overwhelm. So it's very important to be kind of almost brave enough to let all these expectations go. And of course, when we look at Facebook and social medias, we see a lot of you know, friends who have the perfect images on their profiles or we listen to self-development coaches or whatever you want to listen to. And they also create this image that 
everybody else has it in check. And if you work on yourself, you will have everything in order. And it's almost this image which is created for us, which is impossible to achieve, but we're trying to strive for it. And then we beat ourselves up when our lives aren't perfect. And there are areas which, like, you know, are falling behind, and that shouldn't happen, and all the shoulds come in. I should do this, I should do that, and that should be this way. And it just creates straight away such a, yeah, an, an impossible standard to get to. Thank you, Gabby. Yes, it, uh, it's absolutely is. And yeah, we all have to be very mindful of social media, what we what we see there, because a lot of people just put the perfect image of them and you maybe some parts of yourself like oh you know i you know i need to have it all together and but you know everyone is so different but again you need to be really mindful that what you see on social media is not what you get sometimes because people don't show their pains and struggles generally yes and i was going to ask you this question i think you've covered covered it very well uh, that achieving a perfect work-life balance is it's 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 a myth it's it's impossible right it's just because you know we all have busy lives most of us we work long hours and as you said apart from work you need to be a perfect uh, you know perfect mother go to the gym look well have a tidy home and other things it's just impossible impossible to cover everything in 24 hours <clears throat> and people have so much pressure uh, i think as a result of that and um, so yeah, it's definitely a myth and uh, yeah people don't think should well i don't want to use i don't want to use what should i think as a coach we're very mindful of that word but i think we've been very mindful of you know thinking of oh i want to achieve perfect work-life balance because you know it's something it's just unrealistic uh, Gabby, what uh, what are some of the challenges people face when trying to achieve life-work balance? Well, the challenges really are our own expectations on ourselves. So it's very important to look out for, you know, we mentioned the comparison trap, for example, that would be the first one. So not to compare ourselves to what we perceive the perfect life of other people. Perfectionism is a second one. Not everything needs to be perfect. That doesn't mean we're not working towards excellence or to a standard we like, but this image of I have to be perfect in every aspect of our lives is not very healthy. It leads to stre constant stress. It leads to overwhelm. And you know, eventually to burn out if, if we have that for years and years and years. And of course, it will create health problems. Um, somebody said once very, very wisely, you know, you can run around, work hard, chase 50 tails and not take care of yourself and your health. But if you don't take the time out, your health will take the time out one day when you don't expect it because you will get sick. And that's just one of the 
you know, areas we don't really think about because when we're young, we we feel strong. We keep going, going, going. And sometimes for 20, 30 years, but it will come a day where your body just said, this was enough. I had enough of this. I need a break. And if you don't build in breaks into your life, your body will take the break one day. So it's also important to become really self-aware And I think this is the first step to actually sit back and reflect on my life. What is actually really important to me? What are my priorities? Or am I actually trying to fulfill other people's priorities? Do I try to fulfill other people's expectations? What What are my expectations of myself? Do I say yes to everything because I feel I can't say no? I feel I have to, you know, prove myself. Sometimes it gives us a lot of self-worth when we say yes to everything and it makes us almost like a martyr to do all the things. It's a trap I have to be careful of not to say yes to everything. So it's, it's important. The first step is really to sit back and say, okay, what's important? Because priorities change in life. When you're 20, you come out of college, maybe at 22, you start your career. Your career will be your priority. So, of course, it's okay then in your life balance to spend more time in work, to work on your career, to spend more hours there, maybe less time with the family. But let's say you meet somebody, you get married and you have kids. What becomes priority? And often we feel, and I think especially as women, we often don't feel we are allowed to say, you know what, my kids are now priority. I'm not going to pursue my career right now. Or I'm not going to work long hours in the hope I get a pay rise. Or, you know, I, I hope to, to advance. My kids are more important. Sometimes I have the feeling we we push ourselves because we think other people expect us to or we feel if we don't do it we're we're not accepted i had a really good example it was the other day in um in a park and these kids are started started talking to me they were really nice and they talk a lot and one said you know my father is doing this and this and then she turned around and she said oh, my mom is just a housewife and that was from an eight-year-old. And I was wondering to myself, where had an eight-year-old learned that mom is just a housewife and a mom? So she must have heard conversations from adults that, you know, this is not something which is okay anymore nowadays. A woman has to have a career on top of the family, you know, and the perfect household and obviously and everything which we talked about beforehand. So where is this coming from? And do we actually have the, the almost the bravery to say, you know, no, my priorities are different. You know, and I, I look at my, my pie chart, career work becomes small, family becomes big. And that's just the way it is for me at the moment, this point of in my life. So it's really important to really reflect and become very, very self-aware of, what are my values? 
which values are actually mine and not values from other people I've learned over the years and which ones are the ones I want to prioritize right now in my life. Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. Yes, values are crucial here. It's really important to, to know what your values are and yes, that's start to prioritize what, what really matters to you the most and take it from there. And yes, thank you for mentioning the health. I, I, I firmly believe that nothing is worth sacrificing our health for. That's, that's very important. And yeah, definitely in terms of shifts in our life, as we go through different stages in, in, in life, our priorities often shift. As you said, when we're young, we may be focused on our careers and building our professional lives. However, as we get older, wiser, our priorities may shift to family, relationships, even personal fulfillment. I actually didn't know, I didn't, I have to say probably, <laughs> I'm a bit embarrassed, but I, I have to say that I didn't even know word, a word fulfillment until I started studying life coaching. I always thought sometimes that something in my life was miss, missing, but, um, but you see, it took me a while to actually realize it. So yeah, these changes can make, a, sometimes, yeah, so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that with some shifts in our lives, and these changes that we are going through in lives can make it difficult sometimes to maintain, a, a, I would call probably healthy work-life balance. Because uh, when life changes and you have to work long hours, for example, for example, as a mother, as a single mother, for example, right? So it's, sometimes it's really, really hard to, to balance all these things. But, but, you know, we all have a choice all the time. And uh, I knew from my experience as well, I worked with uh, new mothers and I remember how they went, you know, they went either part-time or they, instead of five working days, they just were working four days per week. So they were managing things around. So, yeah. And uh, Gabby, you did mention, I mean, both of us mentioned the comparison trap. Uh, we both mentioned that many people fall into the comparison a trap of comparing their work-life balance with others. How can we avoid this comparison trap and focus on our unique needs and priorities? You did mention that, but maybe just talk a bit, unpack this more. Mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important to sit back and start with the self-reflection. What's going on in my life? What's important to me? And also think of the other people in our lives because a life balance is, is only achieved when our relationships are working as well and they're working well because we are social animals. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. So our happiness actually depends more on how well and how deep our connections are with other people, how, how well our relationships are rather than how much money we have in the bank or how big our car is or how big our house is. And you see it often happen when people get older and have worked on their careers for a long, long time. 
they have achieved what they want to achieve and then they figure out oh my god I have no relationships with my kids because I was never home and you see them almost falling in a midlife crisis and it's not due to the fact that they're getting you know older or that you know it's really down to the point that they starting questioning what I actually ha- what have I actually done with my life and a lot of the times what I see is people coming who feel they have wasted the life which of course we never waste our life right but for them because they realized hold on I prioritize something here for 30 years and if I really think about it I just fell into this habit almost of prioritizing it without never stepping back and thinking about is this really still important to me or has something else now become more important and then one day they realize my relationships have fallen apart very important for for people who have children I mean have you just only turned up as a mom and a worker for 30 years or do you still actually have a relationship with your husband or with your wife I work a lot with a lot of people at the moment which almost describe that they were like more like housemates who shared the same roof like two sailing ships in the night but they hadn't had really any quality partner time for decades. And they have totally drifted apart. There is actually nothing in common anymore. And now, and it usually comes out when the kids are leaving the house because the kids were the focal point. So what we often forget in what I call the life balance and in the in the in the high charts, yeah, they mentioned family, but Often there is absolutely no focus on the real close relationships we have, like our partners. And this is so important because life isn't plain sailing, as we said before. And you can create a life balance as good as you can, but life will throw curveballs at you. And it's so much easier to negotiate them when your relationships are strong. If something happens and you feel you have no strong relationship, your life balance is very, very quickly out of of balance, especially if you get older. Um, We mentioned health before. You know, you can push yourself as long as you want, but the elephant in the room nobody ever is talking about is we are going to die one day. And there is not many people who get to the age of 100 completely healthy. So things are going to happen. And it's really important that we feel we have to support and we have good relationships when that happens because it's much easier to negotiate. You know, it's it's really a question. We always think of, oh, I would like inner peace. And we think of inner peace that everything is happy and honky-dory so to speak but the the trick is to actually achieve inner peace and to be able to keep the inner peace and contentment also in times of adversity and that's a real skill it takes a lot of resilience it takes us really to know ourselves and our strengths and 
that's something we cannot achieve when we're trying to have this perfect life balance and just run in this hamster wheel to try to achieve it. So if we can actually sit back and say, you know what, at the moment I'm I'm in a in a place where, yeah, the garden isn't perfect. It's a bit of a mess. I cut the grass, but that's fine. I don't need wonderful flowers and all that. And you know what, I, I play with the kids instead. Or I go for a weekend with, with my husband on nice weekend, couple time. So be it. So be it. If if the house isn't perfectly clean, do it the next week. So what? So we, we often prioritize things over people, even our health, right? We very seldom sit back and give ourselves really space. A question I sometimes ask myself is, when have I done the last time purposefully nothing? Just maybe sit in the garden for 15 minutes, even if it's just 15 minutes, just sit there, close my eyes, enjoy the sun without doing nothing. Not scheduling in a yoga session, a meditation, a gym session. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because even our spare time becomes almost a to-do list because everybody has a to-do list. You know, you it's almost that we've fallen into this trap of we have to be productive all the time in every single area of our life. But sometimes taking time out without having anything to do, really doing nothing can be more productive for our mental and physical health than the to-do list. You know, I have to get up every morning at five. The, the new thing, the 5 a.m. club. have to get up at five so I can get my meditation in and my gym in before I even go to work. And people feel, I should do that because there, there's books out there and people talk about it. Right? But if you have a family with small kids and you have to cook after work, this is not healthy because you won't have enough sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But sleep isn't productive. So a lot of the time people are sacrificing good night sleeps, get up really up early for whatever reason, because sleep is not seen as being productive, if that makes sense. Yes. 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 Are you talking about the 5AA club people? <laughs> you know, just reminded me. <laughs> Look, works for some yeah, no, people, that's... works for some people. And if and th- that's the point, always look what works for you. Never take advice from any health gurus or whoever is out there with what you should do. Because a 5 a.m. club for somebody where the kids are grown up, single people who can go to bed at nine o'clock and have the proper night's sleep, of course they can get up at five o'clock and do whatever they want. But if you're realistically only sitting down at 11 in the night after doing all your work and which I know people doing it, some of my friends after looking after, you know, coming home for eight hour work, cooking, cleaning, putting the kids to bed, bed, doing the washing, folding the laundry. Eventually it's about 10 o'clock before they sit down, then they may relax an hour and then they go to bed. Some of them even after midnight. And then they go, I should get up in the morning and go to the gym before I go to work and do something for my health. 
well, what time do you need to get up to do that? Six o'clock, very latest. You know, it's not, that's what I'm saying. There is no solution for everyone. The main point is the only advice I would ever give to any person I coach is don't take advice and don't go with any, any, anybody saying to you, you should do this and you should do that. Always reflect, is this actually wise for my life? And to my benefit. Definitely, definitely. Because obviously, if, um, yeah, if you're on social media and there are a lot of people like that, come with uh, bullet points, you know, in order to be productive, you need to wake up at 5 a.m., have a green smoothie, then meditate, then read a book or something like that. Or sometimes they share their own routines. But yeah, as you said, everyone is different. If it works for them, if they have an early night, so yeah, it works for them waking up at 4 or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. But, you know, everyone is different. Everyone, some people work late, you know, come back home late and it's just unrealistic. And that's why I think it might also create some, uh, not anxiety, but if people, again, start to comparing their morning routines with other people's morning routines and they're like, oh, maybe because they all talk about success. They say, if you want to be successful or all successful people share the same habits, that's why you have to do or you should do the same, which uh, yeah, I don't, I think it's just, it's, it's just not true because, you know, there is no size fits all, you know, we're all very different as I said it many times. <laughs> Yes. And coming back to, yeah, go, Gabby, yeah, did you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say you, you hit the, the nail on the head because we're all unique and we have all unique lives and our own circumstances. That's exactly it. So we have to become really good at problem solving in our own lives and, and come up with our own little routines and helpful habits so it's no point to to try and chase a seven-step program from somebody. Yeah, there can be helpful ideas in there. I'm not saying don't go and get ideas there, but, you know, you see it in the dieting world. People wonder why dieting doesn't work. Well, most diets probably don't fit your lifestyle. So you stick with it for three, four weeks, and then it all falls apart because it just doesn't fit the lifestyle of the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the life life routines and the life demands of, of a person. No. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's why yeah, you, it's it's very helpful to have a critical mind. Like I'm very happy for that person. It works for for them, but it just might not work for me. It's just it just I'll be probably the most unproductive person if I wake up at five o'clock. <laughs> well, because I go I usually go to bed quite late. Maybe it's actually not a good thing, but uh, when I think of 5 a.m., I... But, you know, there are posts like this all the time on LinkedIn. And uh, probably a couple of years ago, that was such a big trend. Everyone was sharing my morning routine. Uh, And, yeah, it was an interesting time. Interesting time. Because, you know, all these trends sometimes as well shift. You know, a lot of people like to talk about productivity and other things as well. And we did mention, yeah, we were talking about the, the constant hustle culture and busy culture. And I don't know if you think you slightly touched on that, that some people might feel guilty or selfish when they prioritize their personal life or they, yeah, 
how can or other things in their life apart from work how can we overcome this guilt and embrace the importance of self-care and balance mm. yeah i think it comes back down to the question do you do something because you really want to do it or because you feel you have to or you should do it i mean of course it's important that we we care for the people in our lives it's not about becoming selfish or arrogant right but the fact is we can only give out as much as comes in there's this lovely you know picture of of a well so well can a well can only give out as much water as it's actually fed into so if you care for people you know you care for your family you may have elderly parents you need to care for of course if you're in work you probably care for your work mates you know you don't want to let them down this is one one thing but if you do certain activities just because you think it's your duty and you're not actually doing it because you want to do it that's where it becomes a problem and it builds resentment over time as well which is not very healthy and certainly doesn't um you know support a good life balance you know when you take on tasks you just took on because you said you felt you have to say yes and you have no boundaries in your life that's where the problem lies so that's really really important to you know we talk about people pleasing I was guilty of it for a very very long time. I just said yes to everything because I I thought I can't say no. I thought it, saying no is rude. Probably a little bit stronger in women people pleasing than men for the simple reason that we all grew up in in families and societies where we were told we have to be good girls and we have to help. Uh, especially my generation still there was very much still installed in ourselves i remember i only have sister but i remember my cousins who had also boys the boys were never asked go and make your granny a cup of tea you know be a good girl now make the granny a cup of tea it was always the girls be a, and that was always in front of it be a good girl now mm -hmm. <laughs> be a good girl so yeah and that's sometimes still in us that sometimes we think we can't say hold on this is becoming too much right and that often leaves leaves us in a situation where we get to overwhelm because we take too much on and that skill to actually say you know what at the moment this is too much i can't do it right now can you ask somebody else that really takes assertiveness and assertiveness is something a lot of us are lacking I certainly had absolutely well I, I wouldn't say I had absolutely no assertiveness uh, but in some life areas I didn't and that's really really important to you know when we on the self development journey to think about because some personality traits we we have they are not the same in the same situation uh, in the in different situations that's very very important to keep in mind you could be very assertive maybe at home with the children and then absolutely not being assertive in work because in our minds we think of bosses and colleagues still a little bit like 
of parents and teachers. You know, you should do as you're told kind of situation. So we we turn up differently in different situations. We may be courageous in some areas and absolutely not in other areas. So everything, you know, is fluid. And it's very important to become aware of that and create healthy boundaries to not get into that, that overwhelm. Yeah, so that's so true. You know, as you said, being assertive, create boundaries, say no without any guilt. Because I remember there were times when I wasn't assertive at my work and I was swamped, I was stressed, I was burnt out because, yes, I, I couldn't say no to people. They were, you know, throwing tasks at me. But I said, yes, I was like a yes person because I didn't want to offend anyone. I thought, well, if I can, yes, I think I didn't want to offend anyone, especially my boss, obviously. So, but then it didn't serve me very well. I was, you know, I was frustrated as a result of that. I lacked energy and I dreaded to go into work. And obviously now when I look back, I obviously, uh, I, I could have done things differently without thinking, oh, it will offend somebody. No, you know, it's just self-care, you know, it's in some ways. And it's just, it's protecting my sanity, my health. And that's, that's all things. But we see, we all, I think, learn on our mistakes in life. So <laughs> this is what happens to, to all of us. And yeah, just coming back as well to what you said earlier about one of your clients, you have been coaching that people who have been prioritizing their work, but it came at the cost of their relationships and other things in life, isn't it? How, how I think my point is, it's so important to um, invest time in your family, in people, as you said, rather than things. Because, you know, at work, uh, obviously work is very important, important, but, you know, how shall I say, it's, you know, you can be, you, you, you are replaceable at any work, you know, companies go through restructuring, layoffs, and, you know, anything can happen, but your, your constant is your family. And some people really choose otherwise. And then when they become wiser in life, they, when they look back, you see, they, they realize, oh, it didn't work because I spent too much time. I focused too much on my work and it came at the cost of my relationships. So, yeah, that's very true. And, you know, what just came up for me as well, and I think it's really important to mention is, again, the fact we, we, we touched on it earlier, that we often prioritize things from people. And that's another trap we often fall, fall in, and that's getting into really high debt because we think we need something, but we actually don't. Um, I have a good example of friends of mine. One day decided that the kids all need their own rooms. And at the time, I didn't say anything at the time because it wasn't my business, <laughs> quite frankly. But I was a bit baboozled because the kids were already a little bit older. They were teenagers. And we all know 
they all leave the house, they go and study. My friends were living in the countryside, so the kids had to go and leave house uh, after the high school exams and go studying. So you're talking max four years that all of them were still in the house and they built an extension with ensuite bedrooms for the children. And they left four years later. Nobody's using the rooms, but they got themselves in absolute impossible death over it because it was at a time where, you know, economy was well, but then there was a crash and they owned a restaurant and they started losing money and then they had the debts. Now, situations like this doesn't help with their life balance, but we get ourselves into these situations because we don't think, because we, we prioritize things and we don't step back and say, hold on, do I really need that? Is this even important right now? And, you know, just to be able to have a wise mind and reflect on decisions before jumping into it, to see really all angles. And this is another thing, because if you compare yourself all the time to other people or everybody else, the kids have their own bedrooms. So my kids need, need their own bedrooms as well. That's, again, comparison trap. Can I afford it? Is it wise to take on that, man, that much debt for something like this? And it's not about creating worst case scenarios or expecting always the worst thing to happen, but it's really the, the matter of being wise about it. Um, I inherited when my father died half a house. And yeah, what I really wanted is a nice house with a, with a lovely garden because I love gardening. But realistically, I couldn't afford that because I only inherited half a house. So in theory, I only could buy half a house. So I bought a small house with no garden. And it was the wise decision. I, I was tempted to go and get a loan from the bank to get the bigger house with the garden. But then at this stage of my life, I would have ended up with debts. This way, I have no debts. That's the wise decision. And sometimes we just need to reflect and really say, what actually makes sense here? Because very often we make decisions where we actually negotiate ourselves into a situation where life very quickly can go out of balance if something happens. And as I said, life isn't straightforward. Things do happen. People do get sick. And you might suddenly not able to go to work for, for half a year and you're on, on sick, sick leave money, which is lower. So, you know, it's really important to also, as I said, not, not live in anxiety and, you know, oh my God, the worst case scenario, what if happens this or this, but just to sit back objectively with an analytical mind almost and with a wise mind to just reflect on, hold on, do I really need this? Or is this something I just simply fancy? Mm. Yes, that's that's so crucial as well. And a lot of people live their lives this way, you know, keep up with the Joneses, as we say, because someone has a, you know, nice house or nice car and you need to, to do the same. Or, you know, your kids come back home and say, oh, you know, mommy, daddy, 
you know, my friends have this lovely extension or something like that. Can we do the same? And people without thinking just, yeah, yeah, we can get in a little bit in more debt. <laughs> and but, yeah, you see, you may have cash, but at the same time, you never know, right? If it's not like, if you don't like own a huge business that you know for sure, uh, you know, or different streams of income. I don't know, obviously, I'm not an expert on finance, but it's, it's, it's really, yeah, you need to be quite rational here and calculate all the risks, all possible risks. As you, Gabby, said, obviously, you, your desire was to have that house, right? And you could probably found, you could find a way to make it happen, but on the head level, you understood that, you know, taking all the risks, it's just, yeah, you will just go in, into more debt or not more debt. Maybe you could pay it off, but then you, know, you never know, right? Life happens and things like that. So it just wasn't. It's a, yeah, it's about having the mental mm. peace, I think. You know, it's the, the knowledge that you don't own money to anyone or to any bank gives you so much peace of mind already. If you think about it, we, we almost have created a, a mm-hmm. modern slavery. By the time you get out of college, you already earn uh, own a lot of money just for your student debts. You start paying them off. Then you may meet somebody and you decide to buy a house. Then this comes, the next thing comes. And by the time... By the time you're 60, you sit back and say, I'm still paying off debts, right? And this is a really, really, really important fact people don't think about when they think about life balance, because it's very, very difficult to make decisions to create a life balance if you have to work to pay your debts. I mean, if you if you want to maybe go from five days a week to three days a week because you have no children and it's important, but you can't because you need every single penny coming in. Your life is straight away out of balance. And it has a ripple effect because you feel guilty for not being home with the kids. You feel stressed. You feel overwhelmed. You have maybe a little bit of shame of not being, you know, not having all the time you want to spend with the kids. You're constantly stressed and Talking about role models, and you mentioned it earlier, one of my real, real passion subjects is actually be a role model and a good leader to myself and to other people. So if you think about it, you're constantly stressed. That means you get resentment against other people, right? Because you're you're chasing your hundred tails and you feel so thrown in all direction that if somebody else wants something from you, you go like, oh, what does the heat he want now? And, you know, resentment builds. That means you get in, in bad mood. That means that you maybe get a little bit angry. Your communication gets a bit more angry. You probably react rather respond to the kids. You're tired constantly. We all know what happens when you're tired and a, and a six-year-old want mommy, 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 you know, or, or daddy, 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 for that matter. So it's, it's, it's a catch-22, one leads to the other. So you get more angry, you get then more feelings of guilt because you react in that situation and you didn't respond in a good way. And it's, it's just, it's like a snowball running down the hill, right? 
and distress is getting more and the dissatisfaction gets more and to the point where I just sit down and one own work colleague of mine <laughs> said it one day. He was so stressed and he walked up to the desk. He looked at me and said, Gabby, what's the meaning of life? Because I don't get it. <laughs> Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why it's really important. Again, you pointed out about it earlier, about reflection time. You know, step back, just abstract from everything. Just have time, maybe just, I don't know, maybe you meant in a different way, but yeah, just don't do anything. But I think this time of me time, reflection time is so important just to realize what's really important, what really important is important to me, what gives me passion, what gives me joy in life. I also read that, for example, Warren Buffett, obviously he's a famous investor, <laughs> I think one of the most successful investors in the world. And he, you know, he doesn't, sit in front of his screen all the day he actually goes every single day for walks he doesn't have this busy mind constantly you know thinking 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 do this do that tick off, tick off a task from tasks from his to-do list he is you know he, he he goes for a walk he tries not to have this busy mind and that's really important sometimes maybe people think it just will do nothing for them but it, it's it's I'll call it, I will call it, it's very magical and practical in some ways. You'll realize, you know, health, for example, yeah. you know, I value file health. This is important to me because if I keep doing, if I keep going, mm. as your work colleague with stress and burnout, you know, it might lead to some health consequences. And what's in, more important on the balance? Yeah. yeah, health or work, you know, then you realize, no, it's actually, I need to dedicate more time to my health. So it's very important this reflection time, or as you said, did I did I get this right, Gabby? Just when you or just when you don't think of anything, like generally, try to. Yeah, I mean the fact is that without our health, we're not going to work in the first place. So health is actually the foundation of our lives. You know, to be healthy, to and that's physically and and being mentally kind of content. And it feeds into our relationships. You know, if we talked about role model there. We, we touched on it. If our kids only see us angry and stressed all day long, what message actually are we giving them? You know, if we prioritize busis, busyness and ticking to-do lists from actually spending quality time, and that means with us, and, but also with our loved ones. You, you know, it... It shows them that things are more important than people. And I remember once being told, um, working with 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 a mother who were absolutely, you know, in 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 bits because the kids turned around and said, "Mommy, we didn't tell you because you never listen. You never have time anyway." Because it was business over quality time. And when I say taking time out and maybe doing absolute nothing could also mean you know just spend half an hour with 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 your partner or whoever is important to you in your life and just sit there and literally do nothing and just spend the time with them 
without looking at the mobile phone, without checking the emails, without being distracted constantly. Because that's another thing nowadays. So how, how, how often do we think we have no time and all we do is actually check our mobile phones? Yeah. Oh, I'm guilty of that, that I well. must admit it. Oh gosh, this is such a bad addiction. I'm t- it's just sometimes, yeah, I hear you, Gabby, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. I mean, by now, if I want to get something done, what I do, I leave my mobile phone in the other room purposely so I don't hear it. And I literally ignore it if needed for three hours in the other room. And I do what needs to be done. And I have been so more efficient since I'm doing this. Because three hours of really good work with no phone means probably two days work with the phone constantly. And as soon as we hear it, we can't help it. We, we look at it. I mean, everybody's mm. human, right? <laughs> I do the same. Uh, so, yeah, it's just leave it. If if you want to spend time with the kids, we all complain that the, that the kids nowadays spend their time all day on the phone. And I was out with a friend complaining exactly about that. And while he was talking to me, he must have checked his own phone about 10 times in, in about five minutes. Well, well, talking to you. And that's what I mean about being role. Yeah, that's and that's exactly what I mean about being a role model. If you want to show the kids it's okay to leave the phone for half an hour without looking at it, and the world will not come to it to an end, you need to do it yourself, yeah. right? No, that's a, such a great point, being a role model, role model, because you mentioned it a few times, and it's really, it's really powerful. Because you know, if your child uh, ne- has never seen um, his parents holding a book in their hands. I don't think they were even going to read. Um, it's an example of probably from my family. <laughs> not not like I don't have children, but from my sister, she's not really a fan of reading and she's constantly on her phone and the kid, her son, is constantly on, on, on his phone as well. Why? Because he copies his mommy. She's on, well, not copies because he's never seen her with a book. However, he did tell me, no, Rukshana, I've seen her once when we were at the beach. <laughs> he did defend you once, but uh, but generally, as you said, children do. You know, we we're like authority for them, right? And they copy everything. So important as well. In in yeah, yeah. We are actually role models to them because they copy what we're doing. So if our life balance is being busy all day and running around, ticking lists and doing to do lists and you know, being stressed, and they see that from the time they're born, they're very likely copying us. We, I have to put, be productive all day. I have to do things. And and then we do that as well. If you think about it, you know, they go to school, but then we feel they have to be as productive as we are, even in the free time. So we put them into ballet mm-hmm. class and, and we literally drive them from one appointment to the other, right, without giving them the time to do nothing, just sit in the room and maybe play with something. You know, they almost don't have time to do that because they go from school to ballet class, come home, have to do the homework, eat, go to bed. Their, their, their lives is as structured as our life. And I don't know where it happened that as societies, we think we have to do our day structured hour by hour by hour. And that's where life balance goes out 
the window very, very quickly and we get to burnout because everything is structured, everything. And, and we have to be careful as life coaches, you know, because we're setting goals for clients. We do this, we do that. The next thing, they have a, a daily routine. And some people from 5, as we talked about, from 5 a.m. to going to bed, where it's from our this to that, I do this exercise and this exercise. Yes, it's good to have good habits. It's good to have a routine. But we tend to overdo it by now. Absolutely overdo it by now. And I, I fell for the trap for a while as well, where when I actually decided you know what, I'm taking an afternoon off with no plans and just relax and take care and do whatever comes to my mind. If the weather is nice, I go walking. If not, I may read a book. I don't know yet. I just took the afternoon off. When I came to it, I had a bad conscience. But you should do this. You should do that. You should do the other thing. <laughs> so I don't know where where we fell into this trap almost that you have to be productive every single waking moment of, of our lives. Yes, I don't know. Maybe again, people look at maybe people look at other people's other people and think, "Oh well, I I, I should do again should should do the same." Again, it's 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 hard. It's really hard to um yeah. to comprehend and explain. Yeah. And then there is a reason why anxiety is, is on the rise, especially in younger people. Like the mental health, sorry. And I firmly believe this is one of the reasons because living in the in the present moment, even so mindfulness is so in fashion at the time, but hardly anybody does it. Because even with mindfulness, <laughs> you know, take a yoga class, do meditation, but that's scheduled in. And there's nothing wrong with doing it. I read this really lovely story of somebody saying, you know, my life is really out of balance and my wife, their relationship isn't good and I'm trying to, to find a bit inner peace and, you know, I'm meditating and then talking to, to the guy, it turned out that he meditated while the woman, his wife, tried to kind of handle four children in the house. He came home from work. <laughs> she came home from work. He meditated. He, she tried to get the dinner done for four kids. And of course was angry with him, right? So, you know, reflect, reflect on what you're doing. Do, do make you know the routines you're making for yourself, the habits. Do they even make sense? <laughs> do they make sense for you and the other people in the household? Yes. Yes. And Gabby, how do you, uh, we did mention a few times, uh, rest and prioritizing the health, our health. How do you, how do you spend your free time? Do you have, like, I'm sure you have some downtime. How, how, how you, how do you like to spend it? Well, I love to go walking in nature and it's not as much for exercise. I just do love going into nature and I could walk maybe up a hill and find a bench and just sit down and even just watch the swallows flow around and have fun watching them and then move on. And it's really about giving my mind a rest as well as the body, if that makes sense, because we're so bombarded all day with information and 
little videos and social media. It's like our brain is on constant 150% go. And just to give the mind a rest, to get away from all this noise. It's noisy everywhere. Everything is noisy. And even if it's not, you know what I mean, not even noise as in loud music or tele blaring, but even just watching things on our mobile phones and advertisements at everywhere and well, like, it's you know, like emails if you subscribe to some yeah. email list oh my god i don't know i <laughs> i had to unsubscribe yeah. to, to them because you know I, i receive some of them every single day and i feel like i can't even go through them because my head uh, would you call it i feel like m my head melts like my brain it, it just yes yeah, you said it's noise you know so I try to yeah. well control what I consume, and because yeah. otherwise it's just constant. You go on LinkedIn, there are some spots there, then you your inbox is full. I don't know about you, Gabby. You're just talking about me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. I completely understand you. Sometimes it's really important to unwind. You know, no information because information comes from everywhere. This, as you said, advertising. Yeah. news or you know whatever you consume everywhere you go it's just information yeah and just maybe even also having some fun i have the feeling before i almost forget to have fun mm. maybe i'm really mm. old-fashioned but i remember wonderful times where friends and i'm talking now not when i was a kid i'm talking about when i was 30 you know when friends just came around the house and we got a board game out and just played a board game and just had some fun. Yeah. You know, they came about and we had a little chat and somebody said, ah, let's, let's, let's get the cards out and play a card game or a board game. And we just had a laugh and had some fun. Mm. <laughs> you know, when, when have we done that the last time? Even to go to a friend's house and sit down rather than messaging over the phone what's going on in life to actually get together and have fun yeah, together i can't recall that that was ages ago years ago <laughs> for mine but that, that's nice yeah. we used to do that every weekend you know downtown downtime was really downtime it wasn't a to-do list of i have to run 20k and i have to do this and i have to train for a marathon or got this is our downtime nowadays there's another goal where we need to yeah. be perfect yeah. right? actually downtime actually yeah. downtime yeah, that that's very important to have this physical as well physical human interactions with people and spend some time with them and doing as you say this fun you know playing to play some fun games yeah. we just talk to them without any phones that's so nice I actually miss miss those times as well Gabby and it's yeah and it's really important because there's something which is called touch deprivation and it sounds really funny uh, but when we have physical contact with people and it doesn't I'm not talking about necessarily now sex here or, or whatever but just meeting people and maybe hugging them for 10 seconds when we meet them this physical touch especially for for people who may be not in the relationship, it releases, it releases all the happy hormones we have naturally. People actually are happier if they have contact physically with people. And it could be a handshake or a hug. Mm. 
And if you think about it, single single friends, they don't really get that at all anymore, right? Or if you have elderly parents and maybe one of the partner died, your mom, your father, who are now alone in the house, it's hard enough to get used to living on your own if you were married for so long. But to just maybe say, ah, look, do you do you want, I used to do it with my dad right, when we were on holidays, that, look, your, your skin on your leg is a bit dry. Come on, I put some cream on your leg. Just to give him some this this physical touch, it's really important. It's it's like a shower to our soul because all the heavy hormones are released. It's really important, and we forget mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, there's a reason why there's cuddle therapists out there nowadays. It's sad because they don't get it get it from the normal relationships because they're so lonely. They literally need to pay somebody to give them cuddles. How sad is that? Really sad. Yeah. As you said, coming back to what you said, I think at the beginning of this conversation that the quality of our lives depends on the relationships. Yeah, I think this is obviously. I think it's a King Ramsey said that, but I think this is uh, you were saying that yes, um, because we're all human beings and we, you know, it's just we need our needs, right? Human interaction. It's impossible to. um, It's really hard if you if you're alone or isolated. It really has a yeah. yeah bad effect on your mental health and yes you see I mean yes time goes and evolves but we all you know we're all the same human beings yeah we all it's like one hundred years ago we all need needed each other and yes yeah and we still do we still do we because of modern technology we get away with it if we are our own. We still eat. We don't need a tribe to to hunt food, right? We can still eat. We get the Tesco mm-hmm. delivery van. <laughs> so technology has made it possible for us to live alone, but it's not healthy. And you don't need, I mean, I'm single, right? You don't need necessarily, you know, a husband or a wife, but you still need good, good, good relationships and dear friends. You still need human relationships in your life not necessarily a a marriage but you definitely need relationships in in your in your life absolutely gabby absolutely i i I 1000 percent concur i think this is one of the reasons i started doing my podcast uh, because i felt quite lonely when i left my corporate job and i thought i really had that need for connection with people but on a deeper level and obviously trying to help them in, in some ways um, because I felt so lonely. And I'm so happy that I'm... I know it's obviously yeah. virtually we don't see each other, but <laughs> maybe one day we can see each other. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And thank you for sharing about mm-hmm. your father. Um, that's a, such a nice story as well, how you, ma- how you made him feel. Well, very thoughtful. It was very thoughtful of you. And maybe that's one of the things if you think about life balance, you know, when we when we look at, at the pie charts and all the things we should have in in exact balance, maybe all we need to look at when we look at life balance is two things. Which relationships are important to, to me? With whom do I want to spend my time with? And what do I want in my to do in my life? 
to actually have a purpose and do what I would love to do. Maybe that's the only two, uh, two, two questions we need to ask ourselves in the end of the day. Because if we find what we love to do and gives us purpose and meaning in life, we can do that as mm -hmm. work. Yeah. Right. And then if we have the relationships we we really feel fulfilled with by, you know, the rest doesn't mm. matter. <laughs> Does the rest still matter? No, no. We've, yeah, we've... Maybe that's just me. As I said, it's everybody is unique. Everybody have their unique lives. Um, but as a coach, everybody who comes to me, really, in the end of the day, it doesn't matter why they come or with what issue. In the end of the day, it always comes down to the same same thing. Something in life is out mm. of balance. And it's usually because we just run on the hamster wheel and we never step back to reflect and ask ourselves what actually is important to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's again, we will probably reiterate it again. It's it's so important to um, take some time to think about your values, um, what what you stand for, what you value the most, and try to probably again. I don't want to give advice because we as a coaches we don't give advice, but it. I think it's just like a universal truth that if you align your life with your values, this is how generally you find fulfillment in your life um, like for me as i said and again i don't want to speak on this podcast about me but i, I really needed I, i really felt like i was i didn't have uh, people with whom i have i had a lot in common that's why i decided to do my podcast because i tried to fulfill that area of my life connections which was empty in terms of you know having interactions with people but yeah that's just me Uh, but yeah, uh, I think maybe on this note, Gabby, we are going to conclude. Uh, do you have anything to say to our list to our listeners before we finish? Be yourself, yeah. <laughs> and don't be afraid of it. <laughs> be yourself. Yeah. Stop comparing, and just listen out for the shoots. As soon you find a shoot or a have to then there's something usually wrong. When I say, personally, when I say I should do this, what it really means is somewhere in my head I have a rule or I follow somebody else's rule why I should do this, but I don't want to <laughs> do it. <laughs> so watch, watch your language and watch your shoulds. And if you manage to cut out the shoulds in your life and prioritize what you really want to do, I think there is already a good bit of life balance coming in. It helps. Oh, thank you so much for your wise words, Gabby. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on my show. And before we wrap up, where can our listeners find you? Well, I have a website called www.growingtoycoaching.com. I'm also on Instagram and on TikTok. I only started doing that and it's <laughs> actually fun. <laughs> so I'm only starting getting there. Yeah, but that's where, where they can find me. The website is probably the best. I have the email there, contact, how to get in contact with me and also my phone number. Perfect. I will put all the links in the show notes. Um, so yeah, so people can connect or contact you. Again, thank you so much for being on my show, Gabby. 
Thank you very much for inviting me, Rukshana. I had fun. I hope your listeners will have fun too. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure they have. Thank you, Gabi. Thank you. Become the best version of yourself with Coaching Chats.